What's going on, folks, and happy All Saints Day. I hope that everyone had a safe and fun Halloween weekend, and I know that I did. Now, it's been about a week since we came out with our last episode, but I still remember my promise to steer clear of heavy stuff for at least one more episode, and I'm sticking to that. Today, we're going to reflect on the gospel passage of the day, which is the most famous speech ever given by the most famous man who ever lived. Now, as many of you know, today, All Saints Day, is a holy day of obligation, which means that we're obligated to go to Mass today. Today's Mass is a celebration of every man, woman, and child who has gone before us marked with the sign of faith, who are living in the triumph of heaven and in the eternal presence of God himself. When you make it to Mass, the presider of the Mass will probably focus on that, and because of that, I want to focus on something a little different so you're not hearing the same thing twice in one day. So rather than talking about the saints themselves, what we're going to do is set the true Beatitudes, the Beatitudes that they lived, up against what might be called the Beatitudes of American culture. My hope is that through this, we'll all see just how different the life to which Christ calls us is from the life we spend most of our energy trying to make for ourselves. How different sanctity is from success. Today's gospel passage is Christ's famous Sermon on the Mount, in which he explains to the crowd present that many of those who we might have pitied, looked down on, or even loathed, are exactly those who are blessed by God. The majority of you who are listening to this will have probably heard this sermon more times than you can count. But with that said, I want you to try to forget the sermon that you have heard for just two minutes. And I want you to forget this because before I read Christ's words, I want to take a minute to give a modern day Sermon on the Mount, in which the values of the culture that we grew up in, the ideals that we have been taught to strive for, are the ones upheld as blessed. Now, what you might expect is that what I'm going to do is throw out a bunch of ideals and tell you that they're all bad and that we were wrong to ever want them. But that's not what I'm going to do. With only one or two exceptions, there is nothing wrong about the values upheld in these quote-unquote beatitudes that I'm going to start with. And I'm not going to pretend that there is. What we are going to talk about is why, even though these things are good, Jesus didn't say them in his Beatitudes, in his Sermon on the Mount. So here we go. Blessed are the wealthy, for the land they walk on is theirs. Blessed are those in comfort, for they will want for nothing. Blessed are the strong, for nothing can stop them from taking what they seek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for success, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the exacting, for they will never be crossed. Blessed are the single-minded, for all that they envision will come to pass. Blessed are the unwavering, for they will always gain more than they give. 
Blessed are those who have earned the respect of the masses, for the masses shall become theirs to lead. Blessed are you when they praise you, admire you, and seek you for help in achieving their own ends, for you have been rewarded greatly. Now, take a second to just let those Beatitudes sink in, those values sink in. And think about whether or not that was somewhat, in a way of speaking, the mindset that you were taught to grow up with, the things that you strive for. And now, let us compare this sermon to what Jesus actually said in his Sermon on the Mount. Let us compare our values to the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. So I don't think I'm going on, out on too much of a limb to say that those two sermons sounded very different. So does that mean that everything we seek as Americans is wrong? Absolutely not. As I said, save for one or two of them, there is nothing wrong with any of the individual goods that we articulated in the first set. And because there's nothing wrong with them, there's nothing wrong with desiring them. What is wrong is that our desire for them is prone to becoming so all-consuming that we don't desire something else. We so strongly desire these transient goods that we lose our desire for eternal goods. C.S. Lewis once said that the reason we sin is not that our desires are too strong, but that they are too weak. What did he mean by this? Let's think of a couple of examples. What he meant was that if I struggle with gluttony, the problem isn't that my desire for food is too strong. It's that my desire for temperance is too weak. Or if I struggle with lust, this doesn't mean that my desire for sex is too strong, but that my desire for chastity is too weak. Or if my problem is anger, it's not that my desire for justice is too strong, but that my desire for mercy is too weak. Now, with that said, it's possible that the desire for food, sex, and justice can become too strong, and we call that addiction. But 19 times out of 20, I think Lewis's point holds true. The problem with our sinfulness 
is that our desire for the greater good is too weak. And I think that that is totally at play here in the contrast between these two sets of quote-unquote beatitudes. Just like food, sex, justice, almost all the things that we are taught to seek as Americans, like whether it be success, comfort, respect, etc., these are all good things. And in a vacuum, these things, that success, that comfort, that respect, rarely are our desires for those things too strong. Where we go wrong as Christians in this culture is that for most of us, our desires for beatitude, our desires for the ultimate goods are too weak. And because of this, our priorities are turned upside down. So we sleep six hours a day and spend the better part of the other 18 hours seeking comfort, strength, wealth, or respect. And we're lucky if at any point in those 18 hours we offer up even a half-hearted prayer asking to become more weak, more meek, I should say, more poor in spirit, or to more fully hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so my challenge to you, friends, is this. Strengthen those desires. I'm going to say something that might come as a surprise to some of you. To be a man or woman of the Beatitudes does not automatically mean that you need to derail your life. To be a man or woman of the Beatitudes does not mean that you need to throw away everything that you have worked so hard for, everything that you are working toward, every dream you've ever had, and go join a convent or a monastery. It does not mean you need to become less hardworking or less driven. And it does not mean that you need to shy away from success or be ashamed of what you've achieved. What being a man or woman of the Beatitudes means is that however much you desire these things, your desire for meekness, for righteousness, for peace, for mourning, for purity of heart, must be the stronger and must always grow. And a hundred years from now, all of us of whom by the grace of God, this is true, will be among those the church celebrates on this day of all saints. I pray that before our day comes, that this will be true of all of you and of me. Well, folks, that's our episode for today. If you're looking for some examples of people who have achieved what many Americans set out to do from a young age and remain men and women of the Beatitudes, you'll need to look no further than the guest speakers we have coming to speak to us tomorrow at Newman Night this week. Mark and Christy Cipotti, co-founders of Cornerstone of Hope, are coming to Newman Night tomorrow to speak about love and how discerning through love lead us to God's desires for our lives. And if that doesn't sound awesome to you, you and I are different people. Well, I guess technically speaking, even if that does sound awesome to you, we're different people. All right, you know what? I better cut this off before I go any, down, any further down this rabbit hole. I will catch you all next time. And until then, remember, you can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens you. Peace!